Hey, so before we start today's episode, uh, I just want to put this out there. Uh, so if you haven't heard yet, uh, if you go on Amazon right now, you can rent the movie Just Mercy uh, for, for free right now. It's zero dollars, uh, obviously, with everything going on. Uh, and this movie kind of has a lot to do uh, with you know, it's easy to relate to what's, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, I watched it tonight and I, I loved it. I, you know, I wanted to see it when it came out the first time. I just never got around to it when it was in theaters. Uh, and now that I've had the chance to see it, I'm, you know, I, I'm really glad I watched it. It's a very, very good, very powerful movie. It's got Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, and Jamie Foxx is awesome in it. Um, uh, Brie Larson, Tim, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, so, if you're looking for something to watch, uh, and you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on and, you know, if you're looking for something that kind of is relevant to what's going on at times and, uh, is a fun way to, well, not fun, uh, but, uh, is a good way to kind of educate yourself as to what is going on and, uh, you know, what you can do, uh, watch Just Mercy on Amazon. It's completely free right now. Uh, so all that being said, Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Anima, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, so before we get into this, uh, uh, today's movie, uh, real, cl- uh, real quick, just want to address what happened with the last episode. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't, I didn't post anything on social media about it, um, and the movie came out a day, uh, yeah, a day late, or two days late, I think it came out today, at the time of this recording, it's June 7th, so I think it came out today, um, so if you listen to the episode, then you'll, you'll notice that about halfway through, uh, I get interrupted, <laughs> uh, by, by my lovely roommate, and, uh, the show kind of pauses, and then for the last half of the show, I am audibly drunker than I was before, um, just came home, ha- had a good time, and I said, I said, like, oh, I can finish this project later, and then when I came back, it was not as good, <laughs> uh, clearly, but, uh, so I went back and I edited it, and I put the, uh, I kept the episode together, and then the, uh, uh, the software I used to, uh, post the podcast to, you know, all the platforms, like Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, uh, I, I didn't publish it. I guess I saved it as a draft or something like that. Uh, so, little embarrassed, little embarrassed by what happened, but that's okay. Uh, I, I wish it happened with a funner movie though, because Charlie Bartlett. I, I don't know. It was, it, it was whatever. But uh, we're moving on to our second movie in the Charlie uh, saga today. We're going to talk about Charlie Wilson's War uh, from 2007. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams. Uh, it's got a bunch of other uh, fun character actors uh, that pop up throughout, like uh, John Slattery, Emily Blunt, uh, as early role for her, Christopher D- uh, Durham, Denham, sorry. It was directed by Mike Nichols, who's uh, one of Hollywood's all-time greats, particularly through the 60s and through the 80s. He's a five-time Academy Award nominee, uh, one-time winner. Uh, he won for uh, The Graduate, obviously one of the most influential films of all time. Uh, so, And this was this was his last movie. Uh he died. He died a couple years back, um, and this was his going out party. And I think it's a very good, very good going out party. It's a it's a cool story. Uh, if you really like uh, 20th century history, 
particularly the Cold War uh, saga. This is a very fun movie. Uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote the script for it, and I've actually been on a bit of a Sorkin kick lately. Uh, so earlier this morning, uh, I caught the last half of A Few Good Men uh, on TV, and I haven't watched that in a while, and that's uh, that, that's just such a good movie. That's it's just such a well-written script, and uh, Tom Cruise and you know Jack Nicholson, all those guys there, uh, Jack Nicholson, I should say, uh, they all just destroyed in that movie. So, very, few good men, very good movie. And then a few weeks back, I don't remember if I alluded to this on another episode or not, but I I, uh, I watched Molly's Game on Netflix, and I was shocked by how much I liked it. I know, like I remember when it came out, and like it got. It got good reviews, not great reviews. It didn't really make too much of an impression, um, you know, awards-wise. I think it was nominated for an Oscar or two, but... Uh, so it's Aaron Sorkin's directional effort, uh, or debut. Uh, it, it stars Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, and uh, Kevin Costner, and it's just... It's so good. Like, I, I don't know. I was, I was shocked that Aaron Sorkin was able to kind of step in and uh, just make a movie as... Now, Aaron Sorkin's got a very like distinct writing style. He's one of the very few guys uh, in Hollywood when he's writing the movie, it's obvious that he's writing it. Uh, there's there's only a handful of guys that uh, come to mind. Um, obviously, Quentin Tarantino's n- number one. Uh, Wes Anderson, Spike Lee. But no, there's only there's only a handful of guys that like you you're watching movies that oh this was written by this guy. Not this was directed by this guy, but this was written by this guy. And Aaron Sorkin's just got one of those styles. Um, it's the quick, witty dialogue, the fact that everyone on screen seems to be the smartest person in the room, and it's just a big competition to see who's smarter, and they're all doing it a million miles an hour. Uh, but no, he, he, uh, he killed in his directional debut. Uh, this, is a ver- this is a very, very good movie. Um, not as good as a lot of his other movies. Uh, obviously, The Social Network, near, a near-perfect movie. Uh, uh, Moneyball, another great movie, one of the best baseball movies of all time, uh, and uh, I remember he's got a great he's got a great television history too. Obviously, West Wing uh, is you know his shining achievement. Uh, the Newsroom, the first season of that was really good, and then it got really bad uh, for the next three seasons. The third season, I I remember so my family and I, we all watched it, not like together, but like we were all watching it at the same time, but we all just happened to be home the night of the series finale. And at one point there, like Jeff Daniels literally breaks into song. Like he gets a guitar and like sings the song about how everything's going to be okay. And just, I, I, it was the most puke worthy thing I think I've ever seen on TV. Like I think, I think my entire family was just sitting there like mouths open. Just what the fuck is this? Uh, anyway, back to back to Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, so okay, so if you've never seen the movie, and I I don't blame you because it doesn't really get a lot of it. It hasn't it doesn't really like play on a lot on TV that much. You know, word of mouth isn't awesome about this movie. Uh, it, it's you know everyone who's seen it seems to like it. it's got a seven on IMDb. Uh, so good, not great. Phil, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes, but obviously Golden Globes uh, hold a little less weight than they used to. So Tom Hanks he plays a congressman uh, from Texas named Charlie Wilson, and Charlie Wilson uh, at the uh, at the request of Julia Roberts, who plays this uh, very wealthy uh, te- uh, Texas woman who uh, you know is a big uh, fun you know. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Provider for his campaigns. Um, you know, she wants him to start looking into what's going on in Afghanistan, where Afghan uh, Afghan people are uh, trying to fight off the Soviets, uh, and they need weapons to do so. Uh, so Tom Hanks' character, Charlie Wilson, he basically, uh, with the help of Philip Seymour Hoffman and the CIA, they uh, are able to take this uh, committee, like there's like $5 million dollars, uh, budgeted towards it in Congress, and over the course of a couple of years, he's able to get it from $5 million to a billion dollars of uh, providing arms for the Afghan people to help the Soviets. And uh, so this is the 80s, so obviously the relationship between Afghanistan and the U.S. has changed a little bit, um, but at the time, uh, the uh, Soviet Union was invading the Afghans, so think of it as uh, it was, and this was a covert operation. So the um, America was basically providing aid uh, to a country to fight their enemies for them, uh, and no one knew what was going on. It's just one of those, uh, just one of those covert things. Uh, and it, the movie's fun. It's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is a blast. Uh, Charlie Wilson's like a, you know, he's a he's a fun congressman. You know, he's. Uh, you know, he's at parties, he's doing blow, he's, you know, sleeping with women, he's got, uh, in the movie, his staff is, uh, they call them Charlie's Angels, they're basically these, you know, four or five be- uh, just beautiful women, including Amy Adams, my girl, and he's, you know, he's just a, he's a fun guy, uh, you know, sharp dialogue all around with Aaron Sorkin, and the two, Tom Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman, the movie's at their best uh, when they're working together, uh, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is, I mean, it, it's a shame that he died a couple of years ago. I think this is one of his be, uh, best roles, in my opinion. Um, there's just so many to choose from. Obviously, Capote's what he's, you know, that's what he won his Oscar for. Uh, there's The Master, which, well, uh, I'll talk about The Master in a little bit. There's uh, Boogie Nights, comes to mind. He's hilarious in that movie. Uh, so he gets the, yeah, he, he doesn't really get to do comedies a whole lot. Obviously, there's... There's Boogie Nights, there's Along Came Polly, um, so it's not like comedy's a completely foreign thing to him, but he it, he was a very funny guy, uh, I wish we would have been able to see him do a little more, uh, but hey, he's the dude's just one of the best actors uh, to ever do, one of the best character actors of all time. So the uh, one of the things that uh, I enjoy about this movie, and I, okay, so I wouldn't consider myself a history buff, um, and especially just because I never really took like a 20th century like history class at any point, so I don't really, like, understand, I, like, I, I pretty much know the basics up until about World War Two, and then after, like, Korea and stuff like that, that's when it becomes a little more like, well, what happened, I don't know, uh, like, I mean, like, the Vietnam War, there's, every, it, that's just one of those things where it seems like everyone has their own opinion about, uh, the Cold War, obviously the same thing, so it's just not it's this the you know this time period's not my area of expertise uh, when it comes to you know how this stuff works. So it was cool to see uh, how uh, not not only like they're able to show how Congress uh, you know they show the process of how it all works uh, kind of with you know uh, they're presented with an issue they got to get the votes to do it and they're you know doing favors for each other and stuff like that and and, and meanwhile. It's Aaron Sorkin dialogue, so uh, it's very informative. It's very, and we see this in the West Wing and the, the newsroom, uh, in particular. But uh, everyone just seems to know everything about everything, and so the fact that the characters have this like 
they're they're all you know highly intelligent they they just rattle off you know facts and uh, tidbits and stuff like that and you, you learn you feel like you learn something when you're watching this movie it's it, it's a very fun fun and uh, historically uh, enlightening film I don't, I don't know if that's the right word to describe it but I, hey I, I feel like I learned something and uh, you know this time uh, watching it I you know I haven't watched it in a couple of years so I'm a little older now I have a little more understanding of what exactly they're talking about uh, and it was cool no I like I I was surprised by how much I actually uh, enjoyed this movie it's not one that I've been particularly looking forward to like there's a bunch of movies coming up uh, the next couple episodes that I'm really excited, uh, really, really excited about. But this one was just not one of them. And then I watched it and I loved it. So great. Uh, that's, that's, it's, it, it's not the best one. It's been happening a lot recently. I think, uh, Changeling, uh, a couple episodes ago, it, ha- it happened then where I was just like, oh man, I forgot how fucking awesome this movie was. Uh, this one did, did not quite the same reaction, but, uh, I still really enjoyed it. And uh, Tom Hanks, man, he who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Uh, it's cool to see him in, like, an R-rated, like, adult kind of role. Because, you know, everyone's used to him being, like, America's dad uh, and stuff like that. And this time, you know, he's, uh, you know, throughout the entire movie, he's boozing. He's, uh, you know, he, he's boozing. He's talking to women. He's... Uh, you know, he's at parties with Coke and stuff like that. And, like, you, you know, it's it's not the Tom Hanks you, you normally see. You know, he's he's cursing and stuff like that. I mean, he's it's cool. It's cool. Uh, but, no, he, do, he does a very good job. Uh, he has one monologue in particular that I really like. Uh, it's a story about uh, how he fell in love with America, which was basically um, a man in his town was running for office, and through some kind of... Somehow, uh, something happened between the man and his dog, and the dog ends up getting put down, so his response to this was to drive into uh, the poor neighborhoods in town, drive them himself uh, to the poles, and when he dropped them off at the poles, and he goes, hey, I want you to know that this guy killed my dog, and then he drove, He said he drove like 90 people to the poles that day, and the guy ended up losing by 60 votes or something like that, so it was cool, uh, just really great monologue. Uh, there is one scene... Uh, that I thought was really cool, and especially because I read something about it afterwards that made it a little more cooler and uh, kind of cleared some things up. So there's, uh, near the end of the movie, Tom Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman's characters are having this conversation about, um, you know, Tom Hanks is... Uh, Alright, so basically this is, happens just after the Soviets have uh, abandoned Afghanistan. They're, they move their troops out. Uh, they're, they're surrendering. And, you know, Tom Hanks wants to, you know, use this, as, or Charlie Wilson wants to use this as a victory. You know, he's celebrating. He's like, hey, look at, we, look at what we did. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, his name's Gust. And Gust, not Gus, Gust, G-U-S-T. Uh, he has this really cool story about, uh, it's, called, it's like the boy and the Zen master. Uh, and it's something to the effect of uh, there's a, a boy in a village and uh, one day he gets a horse, and everyone thinks, oh, how wonderful, the boy got a horse. The Zen master says, we'll see. Uh, then the, a couple of years later, the boy falls off the horse and breaks his leg. Uh, and people say, oh, how terrible, the boy, you know, he broke his leg. Uh, and the Zen master says, we'll see. And then uh, a couple of years later, uh, everyone's got to go off to a war uh, and fight. Uh, but the boy uh, 
can't go because his leg's all messed up because he fell off the horse. Uh, and people say, how wonderful. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. And, you know, just that repetitive process. Uh, so when they're talking about the implications of what they're doing and like, okay, they, you know, how wonderful. They solved this one problem uh, of the Russians like being in Afghanistan and, you know, for a lot of people, that was it. It was mission accomplished. So they, you know, they pulled uh, financial support. They, it, you know, people were looking at it as like, hey, mission, you know, the job is done. Uh, but of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, he's, and he plays a CIA guy. He knows everything that's going on. Uh, and he starts presenting Charlie Wilson with like, hey, like there's still a lot of stuff going on there now. Like the like, country's not done yet. Uh, so it's kind of that like Zen Master, like we'll see mentality. And as near the end of the conversation, um, you don't see it, but you hear a, uh, a plane flying overhead. Um, and so this movie came out in 2007. This, at, uh, at this time, the movie, the, uh, the conversation would have been happening, I think it was like 88, 89. And from what my brief understanding uh, was with the history behind this, basically the weapons that uh, Charlie Wilson... And America had provided to Afghanistan at the time eventually were used to, uh, you know, uh, terrorist organizations were using them uh, for a whole bunch of bad shit. Uh, so that plane flying overhead, and I read this about uh, in the Did You Knows afterwards, uh, that plane flying overhead is a clear allusion to uh, 9-11. You know, hey, we... Uh, you know, we got the Russians out. Isn't that great? And then they just kind of left Afghanistan to fend for themselves. And then look what happens. Uh, so it, it was kind of a cool thing to pick up on because I, I, I was doing the did you, uh, for the uh, bleh. D- during the movie I was doing the did you knows because I've seen it before, obviously. And uh, that was one of the things I read about. What and I read that a couple minutes before the scene actually came on. Uh, so watching that and then picking up on that, it's you know it's kind of cool. It, was, uh, it, it just kind of adds more substance to the scene. It, it made me look at the scene in a completely new way. I always thought it was just a cool, uh, you know, dialogue. I I never would have put two and two together between uh, you know that and nine eleven, uh, but that's you know that's why I'm doing this. And before we get into the did you know? finally shout out Amy Adams. Look. She, you know, she's my girl. She she kills it in this movie. Uh, doesn't get top billing, which is bullshit because she's in it way more than Julia Roberts is. But uh, no, Amy Adams, one of the best. Okay, so why don't we get into the did you knows? Uh, all right, first up, Charlie Wilson's aides were all beautiful, well-endowed women nicknamed Charlie's Angels after the 1976 television show. In real life, his chief aide was a man named Charlie Schnabel. <laughs> I, I wonder if Charlie Schnabel... I, I hope Charlie Schnabel is alive to see uh, this movie. I really would have liked to see what his opinion would have been. So after doing a quick Google search, I looked up Charlie Schnabel, and the uh, closest thing I could get was a Charles Schnabel was a American agricultural chemist who became known as the father of wheatgrass. Dr. Schnabel opened the door to scientific research on cereal grass. Okay, so... Probably not the same guy, but I hope Charles Schnabel liked that uh, he ended up being played by Amy Adams in the movie. Uh, second Did You Know. One of the three films starring both Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams, they also appeared in Doubt and The Master. Uh, Doubt from 2008, uh, I know it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, 
I saw it once, and I fell asleep. It was very boring. It's about you know priests and uh, priests and kids and all that jazz. Uh, very very you know it was heavy stuff, but it was also I just remember it being very boring. Uh, I haven't tried watching it since. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Um, but, but no one's ever come up to me and like, "Hey, have you seen Doubt? Wow, what a great movie!" Uh, so no no one has referred it to me uh, since. Uh, and the Master from 2012, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh, with those two and Joaquin Phoenix. I don't get the hype around it. I really don't. I, I the internet loves this movie, and a lot of people, uh, you know, when they're talking about you know great movies of the 21st century, the Master is always seen always seems to be at you know near the top of people's list. I don't get it. Like, and unfortunately, because. When I say, like, I don't get it, I don't mean, like, I don't understand the movie. I mean, I don't think this is, like, I don't get why this is hyped up as much as it is. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's just, I don't, like, it is not on my short list whatsoever for best movies in a while. Joaquin Phoenix's performance, yeah, I think that one's pretty good. Philip Seymour Hoffman's also great in it, but I don't know. I don't even think it's Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. I, th- I don't even think it's his second best movie. I think that goes There Will Be Blood... Boogie Nights, The Master, and I mean, I ha- I haven't seen Magnolia, so I'll admit that. Uh, maybe that's that should be in there. I don't know. Punchdrunk Love, also don't get it. Uh, what was that new one he did with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Inherent Vice, don't get it. But maybe I don't know. Maybe he's just he's just not my guy. You know, I'll, I'll watch all of his movies uh, because, or I, I try to, because uh, he is a great director when he's at his best. But I, it's just one of those things where it's just like I don't. Uh, third, did you know? Uh, towards the end of the movie, Charles Wilson is presented with one of the stingers he helped provide to the Afghans. In an interview, the real Charlie Wilson said the stinger is one of his most prized possessions and is kept in a quote very honored spot in my home. So. Uh, the Stingers, uh, they're basically these uh, rocket launchers, the RPGs, uh, that the Afghans used to start shooting down the helicopters, and it's when they start to see like a turn of events uh, for the better. Uh, and you even see that Char- like Charlie Wilson makes a couple different trips to Afghanistan during the movie, and, uh, and during one of the scenes, you, you, they, you see uh, the Afghans reward him uh, with one of these Stingers. Where would you put a bazooka in your house? Like... I kind of hope, I kind of hope it's in his bathroom, like, so every time he sits down to take a shit, he just looks at a fucking bazooka, I don't know, I, th- I feel like that'd be a power move for guests, uh, if it's, I, I wouldn't want to look at it all the time, so I don't, I wouldn't want it in my living room, or anything, or de- definitely not my bedroom, but a bazooka in the bathroom seems like a, a good power move, and a conversation starter, uh, because if there's one thing people need coming out of the bathroom, it's conversation. Uh, so, anyway, thank you all for listening today. Uh, I know <laughs> uh, this is hopefully a bit of a bounce back from the last one. I'm a little more together uh, during this one. But again, just a reminder from the opening of the episode, uh, go on Amazon right now and you can watch uh, Just Mercy for free. Uh, it's very, very powerful movie. Uh, very relevant to everything that's going on right now. Uh, just... Do yourself a favor, go watch it. It's I, I liked it a lot more than uh, I thought I was going to 
it's it's just a really really good movie. That's you know that's my piece with that. Uh, oh, before we wrap things up, we got to rate the movie. So on a scale of one to five hazmats, Charlie Wilson's War, three and a half. I'm gonna go three and a half for this one. It's fun. It's informative. It's a quick watch. It's only like an hour forty, um, which is nice with you know movies that involve politics and government and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, it's not perfect. There's a couple of scenes where it's just not. You know, I don't know. It just it doesn't really do it for you. What's the best way to say this? It's it's a movie about politicians, you know, working behind the scenes. So sometimes it's it's a little boring. Uh, but that being said, the dialogue is great. Uh, the performances are all really good. It's just I don't know. It's just there's nothing that really puts it over the top. Is like this amazing, amazing movie. So three and a half for me. Uh, three and a half hazmats. Uh, well, anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us at Quarantine Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're there. Uh, so, hope everyone's doing well out there. Uh, hey, Phase 2, Massachusetts, we're in Phase 2 now. All right, way to go. So, we can slightly start doing some things now. Uh, but I'm going to keep going with the podcast, so don't you worry about that. Uh, in the meantime... Don't be a hero, stay inside and watch a movie.